Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Is this a time when we say, oh, no, here we go again. Should you be extraordinarily wary of parking in the city of Wilmington again? And is there a new scandal? On the phone, we have Rob Johnson from the Institute for Justice. They are a civil rights, constitutional rights organization. Rob, thanks for being on. Well, thank you for having me. Get you uh, get your story in just a second. First, Erin Markham. Erin lives on the 1900 block of Baynard Boulevard. She was on the program just the other day talking about her situation. And in spite of the city of Wilmington saying that it has stopped ticketing in residential areas since last spring, she and her neighbors have been ticketed for parking right in front of their own homes. A city official claimed that the area is a business district, but if you take a look at the city maps, that doesn't seem to be accurate. Aaron, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me again. So one, just a real quick, what's the significance of whether or not you're in a residential or a business district there on Baynard Boulevard? Uh, well, to the city officials, they say it's because it's the main thoroughfare from 95 into the actual business district. And that is the qualification for them of this being business, although it is entirely residential. Understood. Now, something then, we, pardon me? I was going to say that the other, I think the other significance here is their classification to me is all for financial gain. And that's the point here. They're using citizens as a source of revenue. In fact, we are living, breathing annuity payments. So that's, mm -hmm. we're going to talk with Rob about that a little bit. But Aaron, it gets worse for you because in your opinion, you are targeted targeted for parking and fines and fees by the city of Wilmington and perhaps the towing company are why, why is that? Uh, I think because I'm not one of the individuals who has just rolled over back down, paid the fine that I actually stood up for myself and my neighbors and my community in general. And I have started to fight the city in this process. Um, and because of a number of emails that I have sent to several city officials going all the way up to mayor Przicki himself, in which I have I offered to um, handle this off the record, if we will. But the more they ignored me or de denied appeals, they said, we can go public with this again, just as my mother did with the city two years ago. I And, and I, I remember. like my threats. Yep. Carol Arnott Robbins, very well-known uh, realtor, businesswoman, uh, involved with a lot of organizations here, called me a couple of years ago and said, we need to make this public. It got here, got in the news department, and uh, they came out with uh, a number of different changes. However, those changes don't seem to be, to be helping in this situation. What evidence do you have that you were personally targeted? So the first part is on November 10th, where I decided to sit outside and wait for the parking officer to show up because he clearly had been religiously showing up around four o'clock for the four to 6 p.m. restricted time. And I recorded my confrontation with him and I walked up. He identifies his name as um, Burgos, which is the individual who's been um, ticketing me. Um, and I asked him for an explanation as to why he is ticketing in a residential area. And his only response was, so, in summary, there is no stopping from 4 to 6 p.m. And I, I repeated over and over and over again, this is a residential area. This violates the, the mayor's order that there is no ticketing in residential areas. Why are you ticketing? 
he seemed to question himself because he radioed into his supervisor and he asked if he should be enforcing the no stopping from 4 to 6 p.m. in the 1900 block of Baynard Boulevard. He did not identify any individual, any vehicle. It was just a general question. And the woman um, responded to him and specifically said, are you standing behind a white Toyota 4Runner? Oh. Now, Rick, I'll give you one guess who owns that vehicle. That would be me. Wow. So she now has identified my vehicle, and she, um, she gets quiet for a minute. She, she comes back, and she said, if you are standing behind the white Toyota 4Runner, make sure you get a very clear picture, issue the violation, and tell her the appeals process. We are enforcing the no stopping in the 1900 block of Baynard. And I said, huh, well, thank you for uh, specifically targeting my vehicle. We're not talking about the general block anymore. That was my vehicle. Did she and hear she you? She wasn't even standing behind my vehicle. No, I don't know what, I don't know what she heard of, uh, from me, but I did t- he did tell her she's been recording me for like two or three minutes now. And I said, make sure you let her know that I recorded her directing you to target me with a ticket. Um, and he, I, to, to this day, I never got an explanation from any of them as to why he, why he was ticketing in a residential area. So there's the first target. Now, did the, has the mayor issued anything formally about rescinding the, uh, the no ticketing order? No. Okay. No. He did issue a no ticketing order. Yes. Uh, he, the t- no ticketing started in March. Yeah. When the pandemic started, and that was um, a full suspension of all ticketing. In July of last year, he issued an update that the city was going to begin um, enforcing the meters and time restrictions in the downtown business district uh, and only, yeah. specifically downtown business district and riverfront, and that all residential permit districts continue to be suspended from ticketing. And w- as you mentioned, Rick, we do have a map that's published on the city site where the city actually defines the central downtown business district, which is pretty far away from Baynard Boulevard. We also have a map from the city website where they um, publish residential uh, permit zone B, as in boy, that is this residential permit district. And yet we are still getting ticketed as though we are in the business district. So are you monitoring the city website to see if they updated it at all on a daily basis? I don't watch every day. I, I can't spend that sort of time and energy with this. I understand. Uh, let's get to Rob Johnson. Rob is an attorney with the Institute for Justice. And uh, as I recall, the Institute for Justice was indeed involved with another case here in the city where you had, and I believe it was Institute for Justice, was in, was one of the groups involved with Ed Osborne, Osborne Automotive, as he successfully fought against the city in what would be considered to be an illegal use of eminent domain. Rob, you've covered some municipal legal uh, actions around the country. Do you think Aaron has a good case against the city in this one? Well, you know, what we're doing right now is we're, asking the city to explain itself and you know certainly from everything that i've heard so far yes i think she does uh, you know the city um we're going to see what they have to say for themselves uh, it's hard to imagine what they're going to say and, and how it's going to be convincing but what we've done is we've we've sent them a letter uh, asking them to explain this and, and the way i like to put this is the supreme court 
has said that when the government is enforcing the law in order to raise revenue, that that kind of enforcement gets extra scrutiny because, you know, government, when government has a financial incentive, that raises all kinds of concerns. Help and us so understand. What we're doing right now is we're bringing that scrutiny and we're asking the government to tell us what's going on here. What are you doing? Okay, I'll get to some detailed question on that. First of all, why does uh, a case like this, if parking, tickets, and apparently some more going on with towing and such like that, but why does this little thing that's happening in Wilmington, Delaware, interest you in such an influential national organization? Well, so this is all about the problem of government using fines and fees in order to raise revenue. Um, using these kinds of, um, you know, uh, you might almost call like petty petty ticketing as, you know, in the aggregate, they're raising huge amounts of money doing this, um, using citizens as piggy banks hmm. rather than treating them as, as citizens to be protected and to you know, be treated honestly. And that's a huge problem, you know, across the entire country. And honestly, it's interesting, you know, that in some ways the smaller the amount at issue for any individual, like a parking ticket, the easier it is for government to get away with abuse. Sure. Because no one individual has the ability or the incentive to stand up and to challenge it. And so that's where we come in. So from a civil liberties point of view, <clears throat> excuse me, what might be the, the, the two most important things you're looking at here? Yeah, so the first thing that we're very concerned with is the appeals process the city has set up to challenge tickets. They've created what they call the Office of Civil Appeals, and it's an administrative body where you don't get to see, see a real judge. Um, they have these administrative judges who aren't um, even trained as lawyers, and um, they make it almost impossible to get through that to see a real judge and to get real review for these tickets. And so people are languishing in these administrative procedures for months or years, um, unable to get any real review for what's going on. And then the second thing that we're concerned with here is the profit incentive, the way the, the city is profiting off this. But then also um, the city has outsourced enforcement to private companies, and those private companies are getting a cut of the money that they're bringing in. And, you know, obviously we're all for uh, private enterprise, but not private enterprise when it's essentially government-sanctioned stealing from the government's own citizens. So the way it works in Wilmington is the same way it works in many, many different cities. You have a, a contract with a towing company, and you don't pay the towing company anything. What they do is they simply keep the vehicles they've towed that are not claimed within 30 days. They'll junk them. They sell them at uh, share sale or whatever. Um, th th is, is there some sort of, in your opinion, is that some sort of uh, untoward relationship? Yeah, I mean, what it does is it creates an incentive for the tow company to to take cars and then to you know keep the cars um, rather than having an incentive to actually you know tow cars when they should be towed when there's a really good reason to tow them. The incentive is for them to tow as much as possible um, to provide as little notice as possible, and then hopefully they get to keep the car. Gotcha. I was also uh, looking at the, the reports I have here about uh, the company that does the booting as well as the paperwork with the uh, invoices and such like that. They get a hundred grand, like $102,000 a month, plus 30% of the fees and such. Is that pretty common? Um, well, it, you know, that sort of arrangement is common in a lot of different contexts. 
And yeah, the, what we've seen is you know, the government basically outsourcing aspects of law enforcement to private entities. And then that what the, the incentive that that creates is to basically put a thumb on the scales and to to enforce to the maximum extent possible. Well, let me ask you a question now for a sort of a libertarian point of view. I mean, do we really want the police going out there and being revenue agents? Shouldn't it be somebody else, maybe subcontract, you know, the, the booting and the ticketing and things like that, as opposed to having police go out there and, and be the revenue agents? Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a problem that it's being contracted out to private entities. The problem is the way the incentive structure is set up, that those private entities um, are profiting the more that they can take it and the more that they can bring in. And you could have the same problem with a government agency, right? So you could set it up, you know, and in fact, we've challenged this, where the government sets up uh, government agencies that are funded based on how much they bring in in terms of ticketing um, or other types of forfeitures or things like that. And that's equally a problem. So have you seen a, a have, public nature? Of yeah, it. Rob, have you seen a model around somewhere in the, in the country that uh, is much more equitable? Yeah, so the way that all of this should work is the revenue should go into the general fund, um, meaning the you know the big bank account for the whole governmental entity for the whole city, and then you know the the city government at the highest level should be deciding what to do with it, rather than having the money go to um, you know the actual enforcement agents on the ground. Gotcha. So you said that you want information from the city of Wilmington, fact finding. What sort of information or documents are you looking for? And uh, are you using Freedom of Information Act filings to get it? Yeah, so we've been sending, uh, you know, all kinds of Freedom of Information Act requests, um, getting, you know, a, a fair amount of data so far. And, and it's been raising all kinds of questions about, you know, it looks like they're still doing a lot of towing, even though they said that it was suspended in most circumstances during the pandemic, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll be filing more of those. We're also looking to talk to people. If there are people out there who have stories that they think that we should hear, you know, I'd urge people, people to reach out to us because we're, we're looking into this and we want to hear people's stories. How did I reach you? Uh, well, they should go to our website. It's uh, www.ij.org. IJ.org. a pretty big button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. You got a big button there that people, people can push. I, had, I didn't actually take a look there and see what you got. Yeah, there's a big button that says contact us. Okay, so that's it. And they just say, hi, my name is so-and-so. Here's my email, my phone number. I've been abused by the city of Wilmington with parking tickets and towing. Exactly. All right. And I don't want folks to know, it's not just the Institutes of Justice, even though that is a a huge and powerful organization here. It's also the NAACP. We've got Network Delaware. Uh, We've got AAA, the Latin American Community Center, Delaware Center for, uh, for the Delaware Center for Justice. Uh, These organizations all gather around this issue. And I've got more and more people to talk to myself on this program and and get their stories. I want to get to Aaron. Aaron, you've talked to uh, a lot of these other people as well. What are they saying about uh, what's happening with them? It's the exact same. So I, I've i talked to my neighbors. Everybody on this block is being um, t- targeted with tickets. Um, but the interesting fact, I think, with um, Baynard Boulevard is this, um, you drive from all the way up Baynard where they're defining as a business district. It's actually only this one little block where we're impacted because we don't have any off-street parking. Everybody else has um, a parking lot or a private driveway. Um, Uh So we are definitely targeted in this block. The neighbors have all been ticketed. 
Um, one neighbor I spoke with recently said that um, they're up to probably $300 in tickets. And um, the person said, I don't want to sound like I'm you know, one of the city scofflaws, but I am working from home and I have difficulty getting out by four o'clock sometimes. And by 420, it's too late. They already got me. Um, and she said, we don't have a dedicated parking spot. And uh, this person does not necessarily want to raise the same fight that I am because of a business relationship and the need to basically play nicely with the mayor's office. Ah, yeah. And, and, so there's, and there's a fear of, of retaliation. You do live in a target-rich environment. Yes. I, I understand. I want to get to Rob also. Looking at the contracts, uh, those were acquired by Freedom of Information Act uh, applications as well and such. And, Rob, I'm going to presume you read these. And I want to get your reaction to the city saying that there was no towing in 2020. And yet you take a look at uh, documents that show the revenue 2020 tow release fees of $55,000, which is actually more money than 2019. That's 1,976 release fees being paid, uh, about nearly 2,000, about the same as 2019. How is it possible to have uh, no towing in 2020 and uh, still generate all those fees? I mean, it's a great question. <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the biggest questions that we're asking. And, you know, I, I think part of it, again, goes back to the financial incentive that we have here because, you know, the, the tow company, um, the way it's set up, they get zero dollars um, from the city for every truck that or car that they tow. Uh -huh. But then if they can keep it and sell it, they get to keep the, the money that they raise. And so the, the incentive that they have is to go out there and find these cars and these trucks and then hopefully get to sell them off. All right. Uh, Rob Johnson, Institute for Justice. Aaron Markham, this is just the very beginning of what looks to be another scandal in the city of Wilmington with parking fees and towing. And we've got like seven different groups of people in addition to individuals who are not letting go. Not letting go. Aaron, thanks for your time. Rob, thank you as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. We're going to be back right after this. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.